if, you know, from five years from now, if five years from now, if I can just kind of learn to lighten it up, <laughs> that everything does not have to be so make or break intense. If I can allow for a little more flow and, and have a little more trust in the universe. Welcome to the Showcast, a show about music, culture, and Memphis. As we live into our mission of building community through music, education, and diversity, we look forward to interviewing artists, musicians, movers, and shakers about how they're writing their own stories and building their own communities. For almost 90 years, the show has stood the test of time as a beacon of hope in the heart of Memphis. This podcast is brought to you by Orion Federal Credit Union, where a big part of us is being a big part of the community. Visit orionfcu.com to see how Orion is redefining banking. Hey there, welcome to Shellcast. Today we're very, very pleased to welcome Serena Wages to our broadcast. Serena, thank you for taking the time today. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Looking forward to it. A couple of years ago, one of my favorite singles of the year came out, a song called River Bends. Last I heard, you were working on your debut album. Can you give me an update on that? Absolutely, yes. So, yeah, River Bends came out independently, uh, right sort of at the start of the pandemic. It was a song that uh-huh. was recorded in Nashville. But yes, I'm finally working on my first solo project. Here in Memphis with Mr. Matt Ross Spang. Um, we're about halfway through the process and it's been really beautiful. No updates yes, yet as to when anybody will necessarily hear it, but we're getting there and uh, it's been a really lovely process. I'm super excited. So. so at this point in time, are you pleased with the way the record is coming out? Yeah, absolutely. I love Matt so much kind of took a leap of faith, or I should say my my musical director, Joe Restivo, took a leap of faith and sort of sent some songs to Matt to see if he'd be interested. And my hopes weren't high on that at all, but he actually totally dug my songwriting and my perspective, and he was pretty quick to be on board. So I was super honored and flattered by that. And, um, and then just getting to meet Matt, he's so down to earth. He's so Memphis. He's very approachable and calming. And I think he sort of gets my neurotic, emotional mind. And he puts me very much at ease. And I'm so excited with what we've done so far. We're taking our time. We're trying to get it right. And then we're also trying to get it in the right hands and trying to, you know, there's a million different ways to do this thing. No one way is right, of course, but we're trying to be really thoughtful about how we release it so that we can get it to as many ears as possible. So, yeah. Surrounding yourself with good people is an excellent start. I know that for a fact. Yeah, people that are smarter and more talented and more experienced than I, and that has proven to be <laughs> a wise a wise path forward. So, well, now one of the things about River Bends that really, really impressed me: an awful lot of people say, "Oh, I've got lots of different influences." You really do. It's hard to pick out what your main influence is. That was wonderful. Uh, thank you. I'm glad you see that as a good thing. <laughs> uh, I really do. I really do. I mean, I'm, I'm hearing a little bit of uh, old school country, a little bit of soul, a little bit of modern vocalizing. How do you do all that? <laughs> I don't know. I, I think at times in my life, at least from the from the business, sort of the industry side of things, 
think that's been considered a problem. I think music has adapted and the audience has adapted and therefore the industry has adapted so much that that might not be such of a problem, such a problem anymore. But, but yeah, it's certainly not intentional. I, I think I just, I grew up listening to a lot of stuff. I listened to, you know, Patsy Klein and Waylon Jennings and I uh, love Willie Nelson so much. And then I also listened to a lot of Memphis music and my dad's a huge fan of soul and about near Shelby Forest and so there's just there's this very this very Memphis meets country part of who I am and where I came from and that's definitely shown up in my music but I also really really love a lot of modern artists and lyricists I love you know Lana Del Rey and Phoebe Bridgers and a lot of these women who are writing with a very different tone and uh, yeah so it's kind of become this little melting pot of things but uh, and who knows what what's to come next from that? But it feels honest, and I enjoy I enjoy where I am right now, which is for the first time, just really trying to make things without getting in my own way with all the questions about it, what genre it's going to fit into. Still, definitely oh, guilty of that in moments, but I'm really trying to just freely create and release and let somebody else handle all that stuff. So. Well, my experience tells me it sounds like it's going to be a very honest record. I hope you're right. I'm definitely, definitely sometimes an oversharer. So there's a, <laughs> there's some stories that are woven through there. But yeah, it's definitely a very emotionally honest project. So I'll, you feel that way as well. Would you feel that your lyrical influences are the same thing as your musical influences? Or do you draw your... Lyrical uh, inspiration from other sources. Mm, yeah, I suppose I could answer it two different ways, but I, I do think it's a bit different. My musical inspiration, I mean, when I was a little girl, my brothers would get so frustrated with me, but I was, I was like, I was the youngest child and in the house singing, I was just running around singing out melodies of nonsense. I wasn't writing lyrics nor was I even learning the lyrics to the songs that I loved. It was it was kind of a weird thing. I would I would know all of these songs, these melodies from listening to the radio or from listening to my dad's old records. And I would belt them at the top of my lungs around the house using the wrong words. But for me, it was a very it was a physical cleansing. Like I, I had to sing it just. Yeah, it was sort of a, a thing that was impossible to suppress. Um, and then much later, I really started writing songs. I, I learned to write songs watching my oldest brother, Houston. He moved off to New York when I was in fifth grade. And I remember he'd come home at Christmas and he'd always play the songs that he'd been writing throughout the year. And I was absolutely mesmerized. And uh, we ended up being in a band together many years later, but I, I still wasn't really much of a writer. I had dabbled with it, but never had the confidence to think that I had anything to share in that department. But I learned from him and then I really started to try to do it on my own much later in the game. And as that has developed, I read a lot of poetry. I find a lot of insight there, but I also, you know, get a lot of my lyrical inspiration from my own personal journey, my therapy process, the things I struggle with and how I learn to heal from them. And so, yeah, a bit personal and then also a bit just, you know, some of the modern artists that I, I really love lyrically, the Lana Del Rey's and the Phoebe Bridgers. And yeah, so I, I suppose it's kind of two different places that those parts of my music originate from. Now, you are Memphis born. You moved to Nashville for a little while. You're back in Memphis now. What prompted your move? To Nashville or? 
Um, both. Yeah. Okay. So I moved to Nashville when I was 18. That's all. I, um, I didn't know what I wanted to do for college. I knew, like I said, both of my brothers had gone to New York and LA and I knew I didn't want to do something that was sort of more the typical path. I wanted to paint outside the lines a little bit, but I didn't know what that looked like. And I don't think I wanted to go to school. My parents kept planting uh, a university in Nashville in my mind to try to see if I would bite. And so I did. I went to Belmont in Nashville. I was there for four years. And then I, I stayed in Nashville for many, many years after that. And I was a member of many Nashville-based bands and I did the whole thing. I did the whole industry thing. I uh, uh-huh. signed a couple of funny deals, made some really interesting music, some great music, some music I would never want to listen to again. But I did the thing and I, I learned so, so much. And then I I, I don't even know if I could articulate at the time why I knew I needed to move back to Memphis. But my that little like whisper inside of me was very clear that I needed some space to find my perspective again, find my voice again and figure out okay. why I started doing this in the first place. And if I was going to continue how I was going to do it from a place that fed me and nourished me and you know rather than what I'd kind of experienced the last couple years in Nashville so yeah so I moved back to Memphis the very end of 2019 with intentions of sort of splitting time Memphis and Nashville back and forth and then obviously the pandemic happened shortly after so I was here and it's ended up being the biggest blessing of my life. What do you think it is about Memphis that uh, spurs the creativity of a musician like yourself? Man so much you know I think I think I'm still figuring that out as well. But uh, this place is so raw, and sort of my my earliest memories of being really struck by music. It's really easy for me to find that reference point again, you know, and to kind of reconnect to the source uh-huh. of it all. And that that for me was like, you know, my dad driving me to school in the Rosemark area in his old Cadillac, playing. Al Green and Stevie Wonder. That works. Yeah. So sort of those visuals and also just spending a lot of time in Shelby Forest and in our, you know, our family home in Millington. And like you said, sort of that melting pot of soul music and country music, that that is this town for me. And so, you know, I, I learned so much in Nashville and most all of it was so important, but I also learned so much that I had to unlearn and so in order to do that, just being able to be in this place again where I really felt like I could feel my true, honest little soul again was really, really helpful. Just some, some space to do a, a big reset, you know. Want to learn more about how you can support the Overton Park Shell and its mission of building community through music, education, and diversity? Head to OvertonParkShell.org. You can read up on our history, check out our schedule of events, visit our shell shop to grab all the swag and find out ways that you can participate in our mission, whether that's through donations, volunteering, sponsoring a concert, or becoming a member of the Shell Circle. Once again, that's OvertonParkShell.org. I I had it described to me one time that a lot of places say you can't do that, but Memphis says, why not? Let's try it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That that so fits what you're doing, I think, because uh, you work in so many different influences and that's great. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think it's really important to spend your time um, in the towns where the industry is really, you know, peaking and, you know, 
wheat. Sure. There is sort of a, a more thriving music industry in Nashville than Memphis, not music history by any means. Um, and I don't even yeah. know that it'll always be that way from an industry perspective. I think Memphis has really got some mighty leaders who are changing that. But I do think it's really important to go, to go get your butt kicked in, you know, the the Nashvilles, the New York, the L.A.s to, to really learn where the bar is, right here. how far you likely are from it. And I'm grateful for the decade I put in there because uh, now I think I know where that bar is. But, man, it's so easy, especially if you're like sort of a high achiever type coupled with a highly emotional type. It's so easy to get just sort of stormed over. Yeah, it's really easy to get just sort of ambushed by a million different people's opinions. And at the, at the age that I was when I was in Nashville, you know, I didn't have I didn't have a, you know, huge cash flow behind me to to get my you know dreams going and i felt very desperate and very at the mercy of someone in the industry saying okay yes we'll take you on and you need to do this so uh such a such a classic story but yeah about 20 different people showed me their path and i I jumped on board because i thought that's what i needed to do and at at some point i i had no idea what i was doing anymore and I, i sort of woke up to myself and had to get the hell out of there and came back to Memphis and man, my, my world has turned upside down and I'm like finally starting to feel like myself again. And it's beautiful. That, uh, that leads into a quote from you that I liked a whole lot. I was looking at some other interviews that people had done with you. Somebody said, uh, what advice would you give to a younger musician? And you said, do some looking in the mirror really early on, get real with what kind of records you want to make because the second you put yourself out there, Everybody and their mother will have an opinion as to the way it must be done. How did you defeat that? Mm, I mean, I, I think I'm, you know, I don't think I've defeated it. I think I'm still in it in a lot of ways, but just with, with much more, you know, uh, with much more solid foundation underneath me. You know, it's, it's funny. I, was, I talked to Matt and I talked to Joe about this. It's like I've been in this little sort of hideaway period the last couple of years where I've just been doing the creative part, which is what I love. You know, I've sure. been writing my songs and developing my instrument and doing my personal work, which really fills the well for my songwriting. And all of this is so awesome. And then now I'm starting to get back in that place where I got to really play, you know, these bigger shows and I got to do the photo shoots and I have to do the really public, like self-indulgent push. And I have to be pitched to labels. And, and that whole process can still really stir up a lot of feelings of inadequacy, uh, fear of being assessed. You know, it takes me right back to some of those, to some of those to m- like trickier spots. But I'll say that I've really started to try to redefine what success means to me and to really try to zoom out. Remember that I am so incredibly small and um, that I have one job, you know, and that is to make people feel something and the level that that happens on is out of my control. And if it is going to, you know, achieve the, you know, the amount of notoriety or success that I've dreamed up for so long, then it's only going to happen for me if it's done from a place of integrity. And so, yeah, that was a long-winded way to answer your question. I don't know that I've defeated that at all, but I definitely, as I've grown and gained wisdom and tried to, you know, silence the voices 
outside of me and really listen to the one inside, I, I definitely have made progress. I think that's one of the best answers I've ever heard. <laughs> well, I mean, we're figuring it out, man. And <laughs> still in the oven. That's what we can all do. <laughs> still, you still working with uh, you still working with Diddy TV? Yeah, a little bit. You know, they've got their hands full, lots of different projects going on. So I'm a very, very small part over there. But I love those guys. And but that's pretty cool too. Oh yeah, they're great. I mean, when I mentioned people who were trying to bring industry back. To Memphis now their thing is not all you know Memphis music per se it's working on an international level but still facing industry companies in in Memphis is really important for our town and for the future of our artists hopefully being able to stay here and not having to move to another city to do what they love so yeah they're they're great I love my, my really dear friend Sam over there is brilliant and he's an incredible writer incredible mind and he, he he also plays in the folk hills. He's a musician, but he's blown me away with what he's done over there. Wow. So, yeah, we folks. It's got to be pretty good at uh, giving you a, a, a more complete view of the industry also. The more sides of it you see, the more effective you can be. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I, I spent the first many, many years of my 20s bartending at a rooftop bar in Nashville and like work until 3 a.m. every night. And Everyone should also do that. That will teach you a whole lot about the human experience. Um, right. But I did that for long enough. And when I, when I moved back to Memphis, I was like, I'm going to take on 25 jobs if, it, if I have to, as long as I can stay in creative spaces. So to work in, any, to work in art in any way is what I wanted to do. And so I was super lucky to get to work with them. That's awesome. Another thing that I noticed when I was looking at uh, all the work that you do, you do an awful lot of benefit shows, community service work. How does that tie into your personal philosophy? You know, remembering to zoom out, to slap yourself in the face with some perspective. I also just being in this town and it's hard not to be reminded, particularly in times like this, our city's been through a lot in the last month or so. To be reminded right. of how many people need us, how many of our neighborhoods are really terribly neglected, how much poverty, how much lack of education, how much lack of food. <laughs> we, we, there are food deserts all around us. And, you know, we, we, we see the really unfortunate and understandable side effects of that playing out in the last little while. And, and anyways, so, yeah, I, I think... There's lots to me, and I, I think as I have grown and, like I said, try to redef- redefine what success is for myself, I think I want a 3D life. You know, I don't just want to be a musician, but I really do want to have alignment in all the things that I do. Sure. Yeah. it's been, And we've also had a lot of fun throwing these charity events. We've had such a great time, and people have really gotten behind it. Memphis is the best. There's no place like this in the world. And it's been cool to see people of all different ages, races come come together to try to help some of our neighbors. So That's one of the things I love about the show so much, to be honest with you. Every time we have a show, just seeing all the people coming together and just having a good time. Yeah, absolutely. Not only the diversity of your programming, but also, yeah, the audience. The coolest thing. It's the coolest thing about Memphis. And yeah, props to you guys. Well done. Well, you... Uh, you You've done so much. You've got so much in the fire. You've got so much ahead of you. Serena, five years from now, looks at Serena today. What does she think as far as I did the right things? I'm successful. What would it take for for you to feel that way? Mm, what a beautiful question. 
I think, you know, as hard as it is to say for me sometimes, I, I think and I think and hope I'll be proud of sort of my the, the grit I've had to muster to keep trying to do this thing. You know, I'm not 22 years old and I'm, I'm after it still. And, you know, the 100 no's before a yes thing, it's like it's like two million no's before a yes and just like the the resilience to to get back up and to to keep trying to evolve and reinvent yourself and sort of muster through the vulnerability of having to put yourself up in front of people um while holding all of the you know understandable insecurities or fears and yeah. so i think i think that there'll be a lot of pride but also if you know from five years from now if five years from now if i can just kind of learn to lighten it up <laughs> that everything does not have to be so make or break intense if i can allow for a little more flow and and have a little more trust in the universe that this thing that i feel destined to do is going to find its way to fruition and i don't have to you know i don't have to grip it to death to get it there i think that'll that'll definitely you know sort of uh, get me a bit out of my self-involvement and a little bit more aware of the things around me that are happening that are so important. But also I think it'll help my music and my creativity and my ability to communicate the emotions that so many of us feel. So if I can just free it up, baby, you know, just just lighten it up, grow the confidence, trust and, and let it go. I think that's definitely something that's that I'm aiming for in the next season of my life. Well, it sounds to me like you're putting an awful lot of that together. You've got the talent. You've got the uh, sense of fun, the sense of community. I can't wait to see what's going to happen. Bob, man, thank you so much. I really, I really appreciate your kind words, and I appreciate all that you guys do and um, that you wanted to take the time to talk to me. Such an honor. I, it is an honor for us as well, and, and thank you for your time. So looking forward to seeing you on stage. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be fun. It's going to be great. I got a beautiful band and um, these guys are the best in the world. And, and awesome. we're nervous as can be and we can't wait. <laughs> well, wonderful. <laughs> thank you. Thank you again for the time and we will, uh, we will meet again. Cheers, Silver. See you soon. Be well. Great. Right.